0: Peace, family. It's your girl, Adrienne, a.k.a. Nostalgic, a.k.a. Mom, a.k.a. I.B.K., and affectionately known around the way as T.T., and we are here at T.T. Talks. Just want to give a shout out to all of my listeners, all of my subscribers that have been so diligent and just Listening and commenting and sending me messages of support and love, and I just I received it in love, and I just want to personally thank everybody for uh supporting me. It's really, really awesome. And I hope that you enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday. It's generally kind of a precarious time, and many people have mixed emotions, but I do enjoy the ability to fellowship with family and friends, food, the love, the camaraderie, the making of the prayers Pouring of libation and just the general spirit of gratefulness. I appreciate that. Um, But I I recently saw an interview with Erica Badu on Hot 97, and uh, she shares some similar sentiments to me regarding this holiday. So I'm going to play a short clip for y'all just so you can see where I'm coming from. All right, here we go.
1: Do you observe Thanksgiving? Do you have a traditional meal?
0: Personally, you know, I don't,
1: you know, participate in any of those things personally in my household, but my family does. And what they believe is what they believe, you know, and we get together as a family and they eat, they do things that everybody else do. I grew up doing that, that stuff, so I'm not anti-anything, you know, I'm anti-negative stuff, but anything that brings people together in love, if it works for you, it works for you. Whether it's your religion or your beliefs or your pagan beliefs or your spiritual holistic belief, whatever it is, <laughs> if it's making you a better person, I'm all for that. If it ain't, it's useless. Word.
0: But I'm also acutely aware of history and the disrespect this holiday represents to Indigenous people, especially with the Dakota Access Pipeline conflict in progress at Standing Rock as we speak. The Indigenous people rightly have major concerns about the pipeline because their drinking water supply could be threatened and or compromised. All they really want is the treaties to be respected, sovereignty, and more information about the risk to their water supply and how they would be impacted. Energy Transfer Partners, the imposing company, is pushing to finish the project despite the Army Corps of Engineers requesting to stop construction until more is known about the risk to these people. It also is of important note that President-elect Donald Trump has close financial ties to the Energy Transfer Partners. Their CEO, Kelsey Warren, has donated money to Trump's campaign and his victory fund. It's just one disturbing event after another. And now, things have become violent. I was recently reading something on Facebook. Um, It says, in case you may not have known, People are likely to start dying at Standing Rock, if they aren't already. The Standing Rock Medic and Healer Council released this statement. The physicians and tribal healers with the Standing Rock Medic and Healer Council call for immediate cessation of use of water cannons on people who are outdoors in 28 degree Fahrenheit ambient weather with no means of active rewarming in these conditions. As medical professionals, we are concerned for the real risk of loss of life due to severe hypothermia under these conditions, not to mention continuous mass tear gas, rubber bullets, as well as stinger grenades and long range acoustic devices for three hours. Law enforcement also shot down three media drones and targeted journalists with less lethal rounds. National Lawyers Guild legal observers on the front lines have confirmed that multiple people were unconscious and bleeding after being shot in the head with rubber bullets. One elder went into cardiac arrest at the front lines, but medics administered CPR and were able to resuscitate him. The camp's medical staff and facilities are overwhelmed, and the local community of Cannonball has opened their school gymnasium for emergency relief. Please call the following agencies now. The North Dakota Office of the Governor, phone number 701-328-2200. Morton County Sheriff's Department, 701-328-8118 and 701-667-3330. North Dakota National Guard, 701-333-2000. And call the Senator of North Dakota, 202-456-1111. Call often, please. Wow. And unfortunately, this is not new. If you really want some historical backdrop and historical context to this, I would recommend reading the book Crow Dog, just so you can get some background on this just recurring event. Like I said before, this is not new. Uh, To further assist, um, Google the Huffington Post article titled, How You Can Help the Standing Rock Sioux Fight the Dakota Access Pipeline. I repeat it, Huff Post article titled, How You Can Help the Standing Rock Sioux Fight the Dakota Access Pipeline. There you will find out where to call, how to donate, volunteer, or send supplies. I'm sending all prayers to my waterbenders who are under attack by the Fire Nation, and I pray for ancestral support, and I stand in solidarity with them, Ashe. So, Fidel Castro died yesterday. How ironic that a man, who so vehemently despised capitalism, died on one of the most capitalist days of the year, Black Friday. Fidel was a highly controversial figure. I wrote earlier on Twitter that it's important that we not completely romanticize nor vilify Fidel Castro. If you think he is a monster or an angel, your scope is probably limited. We have Cubans celebrating in the streets and we have Cubans who are mourning. That polarizing line, i.e. the elephant in the room, is probably closely related to the descendants of the enslaved Africans on that island and the descendants of the enslavers on that island. Many wonder why he's so loved. Well, he provided a safe place for fugitive revolutionaries, think Asada Shakur. He made connections with blacks in the U.S. There's even a story of him in New York in 1960 at a U.N. meeting and he became frustrated with his hotel staff. So he politely packed his shit and went to Harlem to Hotel Teresa and showed love to the people in the community. He supported the Angolan War of Independence. Castro also sent 25,000 troops to fight in Angola against apartheid government of South Africa. He sent troops to fight against U.S. invasions of Grenada and U.S. sanctions in Venezuela. And Cuban medical personnel are world-renowned for assisting in crisis after crisis. What would Cuba have looked like under Castro without U.S. embargo? And how much better of a leader would he have been if he weren't trying to survive hundreds of assassination attempts? We'll never know. I'd be hella paranoid too. But there is also very valid critique of him. Castro is a complex, highly polarizing man. He is either loved or hated. And to me, he was a man who did a lot of f***ed up and praiseworthy shit. It's very hard for some who understand propaganda to fall in line with vilifying him. And I get it. It is a fact that U.S. agencies tried to kill him and disrupt any progress that he did make. The U.S. government has a history of undermining black and indigenous leadership. Marcus Garvey, Black Panther Party, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Asada Shakur. They all got the same treatment as Castro and they're considered our heroes in the African community. So, understand that it is challenging for many to see him as a villain. I also think it's important to listen to Cubans on both sides of the coin. Uh, But I do know that radical leaders are often demonized by the West and beloved by the common folk. Think Gaddafi, Mugabe, Idi Amin, were they really who the West claims them to be? I recently was in Uganda and was having a discussion about Idi Amin with a local Ugandan and uh, I was explaining to him that in the West we know Idi Amin as a tyrant and the movie The Last King of Scotland didn't do anything to help that at all. Um, I was curious to explore this historical figure in a different light. Well, this brother tells me that Idi Amin is more of a national hero and they learn about him in school and they do reports on him, etc. And this conversation happened while we were riding in a car. And the brother tells me this highway that we're riding on was constructed during Idi Amin's time. Most of the hospitals in this area were constructed during Idi Amin's time. Many of the schools that were built were built during Idi Amin's time. So he's seen more as an agent of progress and change. And for me, that added a new layer and a new lens to look at him by. And I feel the same way about Castro. This is why it's important to travel, people. It expands your worldview, and it gives you the opportunity to explore what you could never find in a book. Follow me. So family, we're going to get into this traveling thing. Yes, I love to travel, and I just want to thank my parents for giving me that bug, uh, that traveling bug. Man, I first left the country, I was probably about three years old. Um, we went to the Bahamas, if I'm not mistaken, maybe three or four years old. Um, and I don't remember much. I have very short flashes of memories. But, you know, my parents made it a lifestyle. You know, my first passport came from my parents. So I just really appreciated that exposure at a young age, you know, because it made me almost fearless in wanting to go out and about into the world. And Um, you know, I've had a lot of people over the years ask me, well, how how do you travel or how do you determine where you go or what are some tips And, and different things like that? So, um, now as I prepare to leave the country in a few days, I figured, Hey, I'm in that mode. Let me go ahead and talk about it a little bit. So, um, let's go. So my orientation towards traveling is life is all about relationships, Right. The older I get, the more I realize just how much relationships are a form of currency. How are you connecting to other people? How are you connecting to your community, to nature, to the environment? How are you connecting to people um, you're supposed to be serving? How are you connecting to the people that are supposed to be serving you? You know, Um, That's very difficult to get a full scope of that in a 10 block radius or even in a city or even in a state. Radius, right? So that's why I travel. That is why I do what I do to build relationships and connect with people. Other people may have completely different reasons why, and that's perfectly fine. You do what works for you. You feel me? So, you know, people asking me how I travel, how do I determine where I'm going, how do I make it economical, how do I even start? Well, let me just say that the internet is your friend. Use Google, use social media, use hashtags. <laughs> like hashtags have become this form of punctuation and that's not even how, that's not even how it works. And I'm even yelling at myself cause I'm a unnecessary hashtagger and I'm gonna do better in life. But what I'm saying is hashtags were originally used to be able to track or look up things, right? So you can hashtag brown girls travel. You can hashtag black traveling or travel noir, or you can look up Facebook groups. There's so many travel Facebook groups, right? And we're so global and technology has made the world so much smaller. So it's really easy to find places to go and people to go with. Uh, You just got to be diligent, right? So now you got to figure out where you're going and what you want to do, right? But it's very important to know who you are and what you value because that can also help you determine who would be a good compatible trip companion, right? Are you a cruise person? Do you like road trips? Are you kind of off the beaten path? Are you kind of posh? Uh, Know who you are so that you can plan and budget accordingly, right? And one of my biggest, hugest cost-saving strategies is... um, Staying in people's personal homes when I leave the country. Almost everyone has a friend from another country or has family that lives in another country. Go with them or go visit them. Participate in multicultural days in your city. Join groups. This is how you meet people who have similar interests. Uh, as you and you all can plan a trip together and don't be afraid to go alone once you kind of get some miles under you and you start to feel very confident in your ability to move around new places right and if you do decide to leave the country um, make sure you have all your proper documentation make sure you have a passport right Make sure you have a visa if it's required. You know, some countries require a visa. Sometimes you can get it on arrival. Sometimes you will need to get the visa beforehand. Some countries also require certain immunizations. Make sure you look that up before you start planning your trip. It's real simple. Just Google how to apply for a passport um, and follow the directions. And uh, you should be able to get one pretty quickly. Okay. Um, Some ex-felons can get a passport, but there is a possibility of compulsory or discretionary denial based on certain disqualifications. Uh, Automatic disqualifications are mostly from those convicted of international drug trafficking. Um, Sometimes, once you're through jail and out of halfway houses or off parole, um, you can apply for a passport. And get one in some cases um, but if you had a felony drug conviction if you um, have back child support unpaid federal loans things like that that can keep you from getting a passport and also keep in mind that even if you are an ex-felon and you were able to obtain a US passport once you've completed everything that you needed to do, other countries may not accept your passport based on your prior status as a as a felon. So please clarify that beforehand, okay? The other country does not have to honor your passport, so I want you to be mindful of that. Um, To people out there who don't necessarily want a passport or are unable to get a passport, there are still a lot of places that you can still go. Of course, you can go uh, to any of the 50 states. Uh, Some cruises you can go on without a passport. You can go to Guam. You can go to Puerto Rico, uh, U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, There's a lot of places to go. Just keep in mind that if you want to go to Alaska, And it's not by plane. If you're driving or going by train, you will have to have a passport because you have to go through Canada first. So keep that in mind. So purchasing plane tickets. Um, I usually get mine pretty far ahead so I can get a good deal on them. Um, I use a lot of sky miles and, and frequent flyer miles to kind of help offset some of the costs. Um, also some really good websites. I use Kayak pretty often, um, asaptickets.com. I've gotten some really, really good deals on it. You're going to be laying over all over the place, but Hey, you're going to get a good deal on it. Um, (laughs) and, but sometimes the layovers are good because especially if you get a long layover, you can actually explore another city for a day. If you get a long layover, that's like, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours, um, you can, check out our city for a day you know uh, before you go on to your final destination so sometimes that's a good strategy um, sometimes when I'm flying to Africa I may have a layover in Paris or in Amsterdam so hey try to get that long layover so you can check those cities out for a little while right um, it's also very important to know the time of year that you're going um, understand the weather the seasons um, so that you can make proper fashion choices people Um, know what time of year it is if it's summer where you are if you're going to the other side of the world it's not gonna be summer you know if you are going somewhere that's very seasonal and you want to go somewhere that's equatorial they don't really have seasons there they probably have something more like a wet season or a dry season and that is really 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 important information to know okay Um, That way you can make special considerations. You know, like, do I need to bring some rain boots? Do I need to be worried about mosquitoes? Things like that. Those are kind of important. Um, Some other things to think about is the political climate of the country that you're going to. Um, Is it stable? Is it election time? Are there some active conflicts going on somewhere? Um, I remember a few years back, I went to Jamaica and I was staying at uh, my friend's family home, and I went during election time. And I did not understand how big election time was on this island. And I was told that it was very unwise for me to wear certain colors because certain colors would represent a certain political party, and you know, I could kind of be a target. And I was just like, wow, that is, really important information to know but these are the type of things that you need to know especially if you're kind of moving and operating kind of off an itinerary kind of more into the streets and 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 really getting into the heart and soul of cities Um, so these type of of information is very 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 important Um, understanding the culture the customs the language or languages and um being like cool enough to learn some basic greetings and some pleasantries and how to ask some simple questions right I mean it's just all about the connection part that I kind of was talking about you know and it's just good manners it's good home training right um seasoned travelers will tell you get durable luggage I repeat get durable luggage if you're trying to jet set you can't have the cheap shit because you're gonna buy it and you're gonna have a a a 20-hour trip with three or four layovers and your shit gonna come down the carousel with half your drawers hanging out (laughs) because it's gonna it's gonna completely bust open right you want to make sure you're getting quality luggage so that it can last because um traveling is hard on luggage it really 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 is and um they throw you they toss your thing all over the place man it's crazy so make sure that you got some good quality stuff and make sure you bring things like bubble wrap and tape and scissors so that you can wrap up any artifacts or any pieces of art or anything that you want to bring back because they are really merciless with how they treat your luggage so you want to make sure that all of the beautiful things that you buy remain intact and so you want to protect it all right also, once you get this lovely luggage, make sure that less is more. Erica, please tell them.
1: Lady, back. Dragon
0: all them like Pack less than what you think you need, particularly y'all newbies. Particularly if you're going on excursional type trips. Pack light, there is nothing more aggravating than having to drag bag after bag after bag around city after city after city. It is absolutely exhausting. And most of the time, you don't use half of that junk and it's unnecessary, particularly with clothes. Keep it light, keep it minimal. Make it to where you can move around very, very easily. All right, please. Um, Keep in mind about accommodations, right? We have so many options now, um, not just hotels. You have, you know, Airbnb, and then they have the Noir B&B coming on the scene soon. Family homes, bed and breakfast, hostels. You know what I'm saying? Hostels get a bad rap, and I don't know why. You know, I have had very good experiences with hostels. As a matter of fact, the last hostel I stayed in, and it has been a while, probably mm, nine years ago, it was seven dollars a night people you heard me it was seven dollars a night and i had a clean bed i had a nice clean hot shower and i had breakfast every morning with some bomb ass peruvian coffee you feel me so like and hostels are kind of changing now they're getting a little bit more fancy and they're still very economical so you know if you try if you're on a budget keep that keep that in mind you know Um, When you're out of the country, keep your nose clean. Do not break the damn law. Other countries are merciless on stuff you get slapped on the wrist for in the U.S. Don't do dumb shit. Go out there, have a good time. Don't be fighting. Don't be stealing. Don't be, you know, doing drugs, selling drugs, traffic. Listen, don't do it because you're going to be upset when you're sitting in some crazy jail somewhere and they won't let you call nobody because they don't have to give you no phone call. It ain't U.S. Be mindful of patriarchal countries, particularly if you're a woman. LGBT family, be mindful of countries that condone violence and hostility towards your group. Please be careful. And y'all, please, don't be out there sticking out like a sore thumb, y'all. Like, it just reminds me of that scene from Coming to America when Prince Hakeem and 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 Simi came out of the store and they had all the New York gear on. Like, they had the New York scarf with the button and the jacket and the hat and they just looked completely out of control. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl, right? And be humble. Be humble. Be relaxed. Be observant, you know? Stay woke. Isn't that what they say now? <laughs> Oh, man, um, if it wasn't for my Jet Set and Dad uh, Facebook groups and travel blogs, I would tend to think that black men don't travel. And I'm so glad that these blogs and these groups exist because it is so beautiful to see these black men out here traveling i love it it just makes my spirit so happy because i've had so many trips with my home girls and i've talked to other women that travel a lot and we just always are saying we have these experiences we love them but it would be so awesome if like more men were present like it would be the bomb.com if the brothers was there like for real um because these experiences that we're having they are expanding us in these magnificent ways. You know, they're expanding us as human beings. They're expanding our spirits. It's expanding how we view the world. It's, it's changing our views on how we want to raise children. Like it's very life-changing and impactful. And we coming back from these trips, spirits wide open. And we're coming back and we're trying to relate with the brothers. And it's almost like our experiences, it widens the rift a little bit. So shout out to them brothers out there that are getting it in, that are getting them miles, that are traveling. Um, I was just reading about this man on a a travel group I'm in on Facebook. At the age of 30, he vowed to see all of the new wonders of the world by age 40. And he completed that task at age 39. How inspiring is that? Uh, So many black men I've talked to, They are completely uninterested in traveling. Like, they don't want to get on a boat. It's too much water. They don't want to get on a plane. They're going to be in the air for too long. It's all these phobias. And it's crazy because it puts women that, you know, love to travel in this very weird position. Because we want to have these experiences with y'all. So, you know, keep that in mind. Get past that fear. You know, push past it. Do your thing, you know, and, and catch that bug. And I love to, like, plan trips around... Like events. Um, I recently took a trip to Toronto with one of my BFFs. Hey, Gian! Hashtag press and fly. (laughs) That's my sister, y'all. But we planned a trip to Toronto to attend the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, We ended up airbnb in an apartment. Um, We were able to get in a really cool neighborhood and and really just explore the city outside of the film festival. Um, We rented a car for the day, drove to Niagara, went um ziplining and got to hit up all the local eateries and went shopping and vinyl shopping and we caught a blue jays game it was just a really 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 dope experience the weather was beautiful um and so find an event and just plan a trip around it you know hit up some of the cities that are close by um we are in the 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 age of information so Uh, There's so much going on in the world that you can go anywhere you want to go, really. Um, And I would implore you all while you're out experiencing to do that. Just experience it. We're so technological. You know, we don't got to take a selfie all the time. We don't have to take a picture all the time. We don't always have to have a video. We don't always got to snap it. We don't always got to tweet or post or write about it. Sometimes we just need to have experiences that are just for us, you know, and, you know, sometimes you just got to take it back to the old school. You got to bring you a little journal, bring you a little diary and just sit and, and, and write about it. You know, plus walking around with your camera in front of your face the whole time got you looking like a sitting duck. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Do not walk around with your phone out all the damn time. You will get got. I promise you're looking like Prince Akeem and Simi out there. Stop that right <laughs> um, yeah keep your transportation choices in mind it's so much you can do sometimes you can rent a bike and ride around the city you can do the taxi thing you can get your Uber on Uber's International Lyft um, most major cities around the world have some type of metro or train system you can get the little neighborhood vans motorbikes Okadas boda's, covered bikes buses like there's so many ways for you to be able to get around a city and there's almost always some type of map or app that you can use to help you kind of navigate so that you're not out there with your phone out looking like simi and prince hakeem you following me right don't go out there looking like a sitting duck i'm just i have to keep reiterating that for real so i'm gonna leave you with some of my favorite advice keep an open palate right yes be open to the experience of eating and drinking and the ritual of food that is I love that I love that part of traveling Um, unless you are very sensitive to different kinds of food or have some spiritual or religious beliefs or shrine taboos um, or other health issues I would be a little bit more lenient you know when you're when you're out and about um, you know there are things that I that I eat out when I'm traveling that I don't even think about when I'm home. Uh I was recently in Uganda and I had some um some fried grasshoppers called insinene. And they were delicious, y'all. <laughs> they were really really good. And it's not something that I would eat here, but uh I was there and and I enjoyed it. Um, it it reminds me of this one story I was in um, I was in Nigeria and I believe this was my first visit to Nigeria and um, we were riding on the road and we stopped at this hotel to kind of have drinks and eat a little bit and this is during the time like I've had a lot of like dietary lifestyles you know I've eaten everything I've been a pescatarian I've been a vegetarian I was a vegan for years i You know, I've, I've been, I've eaten raw for several months. I've juiced for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. so I just, I've always kind of played and experimented with food to see what works best for my body and what doesn't work well for my body. And, um, so during this period of time, when I'm in Nigeria, I was a vegetarian. I was not eating no meat, wasn't studying no meat, hadn't eaten meat in probably five years, maybe. And so we're sitting down, we're enjoying drinks, and uh, my host had ordered some suya. And anybody out there who's familiar with West African cuisine or Nigerian food, they know about the suya. Suya is delicious. It is a grilled meat of sort with a dry rub on it, and um, they'll usually accompany it with that some type of vegetables onions and cabbage and cucumbers and they sprinkle the dry rub all over it that gets really really good and um this particular so yeah, it was beef and you know i i was looking at it like oh i had to like make a decision in my mind like okay i don't want to be rude but I, I i don't i don't know what i should do you know but hey i was like hey i'm here and but my first instinct was i, I don't eat don't eat beef. Record stars Eh? What do you mean? You don't eat meat. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't eat beef. Why? For what? That's ah, nonsense. This is good beef. The, this is not American beef with all the chemicals. This cow was alive today. You need to eat. You need to eat it. So I was like, okay, why not? I wanna keep an open palette, right? So I said, I'm just gonna have a little tiny piece. And I had it and it was like the best shit ever. My God, it was so good. My little one little piece that I was gonna have turned into like a whole lot of little pieces. And I am absolutely unashamed about it and I would do it all over again. It was amazing. Now, I paid for it because I was on the toilet for the rest of the night, but we ain't gonna talk about that. (laughs) But what we will talk about is it's very important that you bring things to help you if you get sick. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, It's very good to know local customs regarding food, it is a big deal everywhere in the world and it's very tied to the people um if you're in France or Italy or Spain where long meals and conversation reign supreme and, and the dining is more of a conversation-based experience um if you're somebody that's used to smashing your food your, your face with food I would kind of fall back a little bit, you know, and kind of notice that people are eating smaller bites. They're sipping a little bit smaller, you know, sips of drink, they're taking their time, they're enjoying it, they're speaking to each other and enjoying the company. I would just fall back and do that, you know? You may have to get down on the floor if you're in Japan, you know, be, be, be mindful of that. If you're going somewhere in, in different places in Africa, food is eaten with the hands. And it is not primitive, it is not out of order. It is another way to connect with the food. And uh, I remember one time I had, um, I was at a friend's house and she had a guest from Nigeria and uh, they were making egusi and eon. And so, you know, I was all about that. I was like, yeah, Uh, well, my friend's son was little boy. He's probably like eight years old at the time and he sees us all enjoying this and we're eating it with our hands and he kind of looks up and he was like so y'all don't have forks where y'all come from (laughs) and so everybody was looking at him like what oh man and so the whole the the gentleman was just like this is how we eat food and the little boy was like why and he was like how do you know if the food's not hot or not like well that makes sense he was like it's also a way to connect deeper with the food and the little boy he seemed to be happy with the explanation and life went on but um just be aware that there may be some things that may be strange to you and um don't be like the little boy get your filter relax observe and experience okay and be prepared to just take on some customs right and be aware of your condiment use Okay, if you're going to a place that's very into spicy food, India, West Africa, the Caribbean, Mexico, things like that, they usually welcome the use of like hot pepper sauces. Okay, so go crazy on that. Have a good time. Um, But if you're like in China, it may be considered rude to just slosh your plate and your food with soy sauce. That may be considered very rude. Um, If you are in Japan and you're eating sushi, it's probably considered rude to stab your sushi with the chopsticks, right? And also knowing the uh, appropriate use of chopsticks. Um, I remember on uh, the episode of ATL recently where the sister ordered the Pad Thai and she wanted chopsticks to go with it. And her friend was like, they don't even use chopsticks for traditional Thai dishes what is you doing so it's important to kind of understand the real culture and not the culture that kind of has been given to you right right so as I mentioned before it's very important to make sure that you have certain things that you need it's very important to make sure that you bring anti-diarrhea medicines laxatives Um, Things for upset stomachs, fever medication, cough medicines, any tea, herb, bitter, fire cider, vitamin C, airborne, whatever you use to kind of keep you together, make sure you bring that. Make sure you bring any type of prophylactic uh, medications like for malaria. Um, If you are into immunizations, make sure you get the ones that you need if you're not into immunizations please understand that herd immunity is real and people are not vaccinated as much in other countries and so you may be exposed to some things um, that your body's just not used to so uh, be mindful and if you do have malaria pills take them as prescribed listen to me take them as prescribed I know a lot of people that have gotten very, very, very ill because they did not take the medications as prescribed. Make sure you got your vitamins. Make sure you got supplements, greens. Eat well. Hydrate. If you know you have allergy issues, make sure you bring your, your, your Benadryls and your skin creams, whatever you need. Make sure you have it because you may be in places where you need it and you just may not have access to things that um, is easy to get in America. Okay? Okay. If you going drink, don't get sloppy. Let's keep it classy, people. Be safe because what you don't want is to be blacked out or incapacitated in an unfamiliar country and nursing a hangover is a true waste of a day. So keep it classy. Um, altitude sickness is real. It is so real, um, particularly if you kind of run on the anemic side. If you have low iron, if you have low hemoglobin, if you have low uh, hematocrit, low ferritin levels, you are probably more susceptible to getting altitude sickness. Make sure you prepare yourself if you know you're going to an, to a higher elevation. Make sure you are rested. Make sure you are hydrated and make sure that you ascend slowly. Make sure you limit your alcohol. I have had altitude sickness before. It is tragic. (laughs) I felt like shit. I felt terrible. I had the worst insomnia. Like I just could not sleep no matter how tired I was. My legs swelled up. I had a hard time breathing. I had a low grade headache. I had decreased appetite. I had just melees and fatigue and it did not stop me from participating in the trip and doing what I needed to do but man for those couple of days where we were up in a higher elevation I just did not feel good at all so make the provisions that you need and ascend slowly Um, Compression stockings are the bomb. They're not cute, but they help to keep your legs from swelling and it can help prevent DVTs, particularly on those long, long, long flights. Uh, Understand that jet lag is definitely real as well. Know the time zone that you're going to and adjust accordingly. And allow a few days rest on the tail end on, you know, when you're coming back so that your body can kind of recalibrate. Um, Understand that U.S. holidays are not everybody's holidays and everyone's holidays are not U.S. holidays. So be mindful of that. Um, sometimes you want to time it up with big holidays um, in the countries that you're going to. And sometimes if you want to go somewhere and go to relax, like if you want to go to the a certain island, the Caribbean, to relax and you want peace and you want quiet and you want relaxation, don't go during an Independence Day. You will not have any peace, any quiet, and you will not relax. It's going to be turned up. Now, if you're looking for the party, I would definitely, definitely, definitely go during that time Um, but Independence Days are really great places to go you know cultural events like in Germany for Oktoberfest or um, in August for the Oshun Oshogbo Festival, Chinese New Year Caribbean Carnivals those are all really really dope events and really can help you tap into the culture of a particular place Um, make sure that you got your home training together if you are staying at somebody's home or if somebody has been nice enough to take you around and kind of show you things, man, get a gift for them. Leave a love offering or dash a little bit of money just to show your appreciation for them opening up their home and their lives to you. It, it definitely goes a long way. Show appreciation. Um, be mindful of male-female customs be mindful of seniority customs, and um, be prepared to participate in that. Um, I know in a lot of places, bowing or kneeling to eldership is a part of the culture, Um, and you should do that. It is glaringly rude when you know the custom and you decide that you're just not going to do it. Don't be an asshole. Okay? Okay. Okay also understand that gesturing is cultural. In American culture, it's customary to point at things or at people. Um, people use their fingers and their hands to display a line of direction and it's completely innocent here um, but it can be a high offense in other cultures. Um, also, like in the African, Caribbean, and African American community, we, uh, we suck our teeth That. You know, and then sometimes it's a little bit longer for the African folks. Um, just make sure that you place that in the proper place, depending on where you are. Um, it's kind of an informal thing, and um, you don't want to offend anybody. So be mindful of things like that. Um, taking your shoes off when you're going into someone's home. That's customary in a lot of places around the world. That's customary at my damn house. I wish you would walk in my house with your shoes on. Don't do that. So if you if you see a pile of shoes in front of the, in front of the house, it's probably a good idea for you to take them off before you walk in. Um, taking pictures of people, and I've been guilty of this, um and i thought more deeply about it um i had friends black friends who've traveled to asia and they talk about how invasive and rude it is um for people to just they just start walking up and touching them and taking pictures of them and touching their hair and just really being objectified in that way and so now i'm a lot more mindful of how i photograph people um, I definitely ask permission a lot more. Um, and I really, I really love candid shots. And, you know, if I'm in a public place, it's one thing. But if it's kind of more of an intimate setting, I definitely ask permission about taking pictures and just really, really be respectful of, of people's personal space and just their humanity and their personhood. You feel me? Um, you know, you love and learn. Um, And and you learn how to kind of move about the world in a more mindful way. Um, I really, really, really hope y'all learned a lot. I know my traveling veterans probably know all this, but this is really for my folks out there who are just getting their feet wet to this traveling thing. So I'd love to hear your comments about everything uh, you can reach out to me on social media, Instagram, Snapchat, Nostalgic, N-O-S-T-A-L-J-I-Q. On Twitter, you can find me at Dandara Queen D-A-N-D-A-R-A, Queen, all one word. Please like and share the link, hashtag it, T-T-Talks, T-I-T-I Talks, and uh, I hope y'all have a blessed week. I will be out of the country for a couple of weeks. So depending on my internet access, I may not be able to record a TT Talks for a little while. So um, I hope to record another one soon and uh, we will be in touch on the interwebs. We're going to end this show with a tune from the talented Georgia Ann Muldrow called Sans Vake from her Thoughtiverse Unmarred album. And I'm dedicating this for all of y'all out there who just want to go somewhere. This one's for y'all. Thanks for tuning in to TT Talks. Peace.
1: I like to sit and watch the ocean Digging my two feet in the sand With no particular plan that has to follow the roof. Maybe check out an art museum Young. And just like the colors of the paint run together inside my brain with the sculptures too, even to a huge library, smell of the pages of new knowledge that I would soon take in perfect peace. Maybe sometime I'd go out hiking, just me and out in nature silent. You're waiting all that there is to see Ooh, But it, it ain't, ain't no one. Guess it'll never, it'll never be Ain't no vacation for someone like me or someone like But me. it ain't it'll no be. Guess it'll never be it'll never Ain't be. no vacation for someone like me Like me And it goes on and again, day in, day out. Perpetual grind builds thick skin as I daydream about somewhere that I can swim with fresh air. In a fresh pair of bears, making my errors on the wind and bay bare. In deep rivers, far from street sign pictures, walking sacred trails with the dew glistening. But alas, I'm in the studio getting it in. I love my job, won't never be retirement rent. Just some time to spend daydreaming about what at the bench.